Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast. Revealing and unconcealing, what is it that is getting in the way of our potential as human beings? Exploring the power of the body-mind and our current relationship with reality. Together, I want to dive into an inquiry into what is happening in our world today and who we are being and how we are living in it, both individually and as a species. What is it that is keeping us stuck, causing us to repeat the same patterns and cycles? What is getting in the way of our potential and our evolution as a species? I'm Nikki Clinch, and I am your host. I will be sharing the science, research, and many human stories on why we are the way we are and what is required for us to outgrow our current way of being and birth a new possibility for ourselves. Because now is the time to remember and to discover our infinite potential of being human. Welcome to the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast. My name is Nicola Clinch, and I am your host, and it is wonderful to have you all back here this week. And I'm so grateful to those of you who have been regularly listening to the episodes, and those of you who are brand new, welcome, welcome to this space and to this conversation. I want to dive into a conversation today that may be triggering, and I want to highlight again that nothing that I am speaking of or from where I'm speaking from has anything to do with about making anyone wrong or judging anyone or that there's something wrong with you. My intention to dive into these conversations is because each topic of every episode is in some way contributing to a stuckness and a limitation that we as human beings have been stuck in and living from. And therefore it is blocking us from our ability to truly know who we are and live in alignment and in embodiment with our infinite potential. And I am speaking from a species context So everything that I am wanting to dive into and wrestle with in these episodes is looking at aspects of how so many of us are living our lives and we just have these kind of relationships with these particular topics as if they're just default settings without really diving deeply into seeing that many of them are run by blind spots that we don't even know are there. But blind spots, not just that you as an individual have been stuck in, but we as a species. So I'm just setting that context because if you do get triggered, please try to stay in the conversation. And even let's open up the possibility that getting triggered is not a bad thing. Often when we get triggered, it's because something that either is being in service of protecting us and keeping us protected and in survival is being put at threat, or something that is really truthful is being tapped into that we don't want to be seeing, and that's also at threat. So you can hear from that context, being triggered is not a bad thing. In fact, if we're willing to allow ourselves to be triggered and to take it on with curiosity 
and consciousness, the trigger itself is a doorway to learning something that maybe we couldn't have seen before. So, you know, I'm just setting that context so that everybody feels safe enough to be here, even if you're feeling unsafe and triggered, that we can welcome all of the human experience as part of our evolutionary context and our process of maturation. So today's topic, I want to dive into the conversation and the inquiry of how can we distinguish what is intuition versus a mechanical repeating pattern. How do we really know if what we are calling our intuition is actually intuition? How do we know it's actually intuition and it's not a mechanical survival pattern that is running us that feels so normal and familiar that we only know that as who we are and a way of being in the world. Because intuition has become a, a massive buzzword in the world, in particularly in the healing world, in the world of self-evolution and self-improvement. This is my intuition. I'm trusting my intuition. Are we really hearing our intuition? Or are we being run by a survival mechanism that we didn't even know we're being run by because it just feels so normal? So you can hear why this can be a triggering conversation. And I want to say, I want to just presence. I am not trying to take away anything from anyone. I'm not trying to take away anything from anyone because I know that so many will be holding on to what they call their intuition because it helps them feel safe or a perceived sense of safety or the avoidance of experiencing anything that may be underneath that. And I am not taking anything away. I want to really presence that, but I am inviting you to at least dive into an inquiry. You don't have to believe anything I say, but at the very least, my invitation, if you're here, is to try it on first, really try it on with real conscious inquiry before you reject it, rather than just automatically rejecting it because you don't want to look. At least let's look. And if from looking, really consciously looking, you then still want to reject it, then please feel free to. <laughs> But this is something that I think really gets in the way of our power as human beings. So let's first distinguish intuition from survival mechanism, a repeating mechanical survival mechanism. I, I want to read you something from some amazing articles, scientific articles that really kind of distinguish what intuition even is in, in relation to the brain. This is from an article by Edward M. Bowden and Mark Jung Beeman from U Northwestern University of Illinois. And the article is called AHA, as in AHA moment. AHA, insight experience correlates with solution activation in the right hemisphere. So they're speaking about what part of the brain actually does that AHA moment, that moment of insight, the ability to see what we couldn't see before, where does that come from in the brain? But first we're distinguishing that that aha moment, that kind of cloud parting moment where you suddenly see 
clearly what you couldn't see before. And that may help you solve a problem or help you make, make a decision. That aha moment, that in itself is actually intuition. Most people have had the aha experience of insight many times for trivial problems such as riddles or crossword clues or when at long last they achieve a deeper understanding of a vexing problem. However, because it depends so heavily on subjective experience, a deeper understanding of the processes underlying insight has been elusive. Researchers agree that when trying to solve an insight, problem solvers come to an impasse perhaps because they are misled by ambiguous information in the problem and often cannot report the processing that enables them to overcome this impasse and experience their solutions as sudden and surprising. The experience of insight has been examined with feeling of knowing ratings, warmth ratings, and intuitions. These approaches have helped characterize the inside experience, yet each has the shortcoming of relying solely on participants' subjective reports. The present experiment links participants' subjective judgments of insight with an objective measure of processing, specifically priming for the solution. So they're kind of just setting up the whole article, but what they're saying is that they were diving into a research study at what actually is this moment of insight, this moment of aha that happens for us as human beings, that happens in the brain. That moment when you're wrestling and wrestling and struggling with a problem or a decision, and the more that you wrestle with it, you just can't seem to find the answer or the solution. And then out of nowhere, which is how it appears, there's this aha moment. It's kind of the clouds part and you poof, and you just get a moment of insight and you can see beyond the usual place from which you see, and it just seems clear. So that's really what they're saying intuition actually is. And I would agree. I would agree that intuition is in fact the ability to see beyond your usual mechanical, familiar way of seeing and appearing as if it's out of nowhere, clarity and insight reveal themselves. Clarity and insight beyond your usual, familiar way of knowing and seeing the world and yourself. So intuition is actually the ability to see beyond your story to see beyond the mechanical, familiar, always already knowing of the world. It is a moment of possibility that opens up for you beyond your usual identity. In fact, in the research study, they speak about, and also in in an amazing book that I've read several times called Whole Brain Living by Jill Bolte-Taylor. So in Jill Bolte-Taylor's book, Whole Brain Living, she shares about how the left side of her brain completely started breaking down. And the left side of the brain is where all the information is stored about what you know as your identity. 
the language that you speak, the cultural agreements and stories and conditions that you were brought up in, the way that you were taught about who you are through your parents, through your mother, through your father, through your education, through your school, through the books you read, it's all stored in the left side of the brain. The left side of the brain is used to give you practical, logical thinking based on what you already know that gives you who you think you are. And in fact, when I had my brain injury, it was the left side of my brain that also completely dissolved, which therefore I lost the memory of who I am and the experience of who I am. Now, really, to be able to distinguish the distinction between intuition and mechanical repeating pattern is to do with which part of the brain insight reveals itself and which part of the brain we are being run by. And I say run by, meaning is it running you or are you conscious of it and therefore you have it? You have the power, you have the choice. And those are two very different ways of being in the world. When we are not conscious of how much the left brain is defining how we know ourselves and how we feel and how we want to behave and how we want to survive or need to survive, if it is unconscious, we just think that's who we are. And in fact, almost all the episodes up until now, from episode one till now, have been questioning and piercing the fixedness that the left side of your brain has been giving you, that you thought that was just who you are. It's literally a memory bank of your past that is shaping the limitations and the barriers and the boundaries of how the world appears to you and how you know yourself, which also means that if your decision-making and choices are being given to you or you're only using the left side of your brain, meaning if the answer to a problem comes from what is familiar and known, familiar and known, it is most likely or unlikely to be anything to do with intuition but everything to do with staying put in your survival mechanism, led by your survival mechanism, the left brain. And most of us think that that's our intuition because we get these very strong pulls to not do something or a very strong pull to do something. And it usually comes with quite an intense experience and a kind of a hard no or a hard yes. And if it's that intense, usually it'll come with some kind of charge of emotion and the inability to really sit with it and be with it for a while and be an inquiry with it. It will almost feel instant and has to happen now. An inability to really sit with it and question it for a while. It will feel charged. Most of us think that that's intuition or we'll call it instinct, but actually that is a survival mechanism. It's a mechanical pattern that is keeping you inside what you already know of yourself because that already knowing of yourself has a function to help you survive. And if the brain mind recognizes 
that you are trying to do anything outside of that familiar way of knowing yourself, it will be received as a threat to your survival. Meaning, if you are trying to be in a relationship outside of the usual familiar experience of intimacy, your brain will perceive that as a threat to your survival and kick into gear your usual survival patterns. I've been with my husband 12 years. Every two years, without a doubt, without question, mechanically, every two years, my brain mind would kick into gear that it was time for me to get out of this relationship. I would either fall in love with another person or develop a crush on someone else or start finding all the reasons why I'm unhappy here. And I will litter and it will feel real. It will feel real. And I want out. So much so that my husband and I made a joke after about six years of being together. And every time we came to our two year mark, he'd say, honey, you're going to stick around for the next two years or are you out now? And we eventually were able to laugh at it, but it caused so much pain for the first six years. Now, why does that happen? Well, my dad left when I was two, just before I was two. My dad left for good. And it was stored in my brain mind, my heart literally, and was run by a mechanical system that recognizes that on the two-year mark, I am going to get hurt and crushed, so I better get out. Now, I wasn't conscious. That's not how I was thinking. My brain was giving me all the reasons why this man is not for me, and I got to get out, and it feels really bad and I'm really unhappy, and I'm not having my needs met, and literally like dragging me out. It was completely against the survival pattern to stay and keep opening my heart. In fact, staying felt excruciatingly uncomfortable. Now, I could easily have called that my intuition. My intuition tells me that this relationship is over. My intuition tells me that it's not right for me. My intuition tells me I deserve better. (laughs) Those are all the things I told myself. Well, my intuition, was it my intuition or was it a repeating survival pattern that feels really real, that is flooding my entire body with experience and texture and emotion and mental thoughts and coloring how I see myself and know the world. In fact, it was so outside of anything to do with survival to stay in the relationship. Now, this isn't just me. This is all of us. So I'm going to go be as bold to say until we have become even a little bit conscious of the survival mechanism that is running us, that we don't even know is running us, do we have any access to intuition at all? Or do we just think that's intuition because it's such strong, instinctive messages? Those of you may recognize this in your own self either by the example that I gave you about relationship, but it could be in many ways when you get into a job and it's starting to actually get close to being able to nourish you and fulfill you and help you be successful. But your pattern is, and your story is that you always have to be unsuccessful and and unfulfilled and disappointed. Well, then it's going to feel really, really uncomfortable to stay. In fact, your mind is going to find a million billion reasons why you should get out 
and even give you experiences to make it impossible for you to stay. Yep. That's how strong it is. I had somebody work in my company for a while. And when we work in an organization, the organization will mirror your original childhood dynamics. 100%. Maybe I should do a whole episode on that. So it was so outside of her experience of herself to be in a team and a company that was in service of her growth and loving her and nurturing her. In fact, the only thing that she'd ever really known about being a team was her original family dynamic, which was very painful. And so eventually she just could not feel safe. Being close and connected and working together would activate everything in her survival mechanism that it was unsafe. And then a mind would find all the million billion reasons why she had to stay protected and, and, and defensive and, and had to get out until eventually she got out. Now we could easily go, but that was my intuition. Was it? Are you sure? And the way to answer that is it will require your radical honesty. But the way to answer that is, has this happened to you before? Is it familiar for you to experience yourself as unsafe and having to defend yourself and fight in other dynamics? Because if you really answer that question honestly, you may notice that it has happened before and the only common denominator is you. None of my relationships before my husband went past two years, not a single one. And boy, did I think it was all about them. He wasn't good enough for me, or he was too wet, or he wasn't man enough, or he blah, 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 blah. It was so confronting for me to see that that two-year mechanism was mine. I was generating it. Now, that highlights what isn't intuition, but we have to be able to be willing to look at what is actually not intuition that we thought was, because it's a blind spot. We've had people have conversations with us coming into our Listening to Life program, which basically completely dissolves your story. And they'll say, but my intuition tells me that I shouldn't do this. And literally just coming up close to coming out of everything you've known about yourself, which is led by survival, it doesn't feel good. In fact, everything you've known about yourself that has been keeping you in, you, you in survival feels more comforting than coming out of it. Freedom is not comfortable if you have been unfree your whole life and you think that that's normal. In fact, our survival patterns feel so comforting even if they give us pain. So that's what intuition isn't. Led by the left brain mechanical, always already knowing reactive reactions given to you as if it's real and true instincts. Well, they are instincts, but they're survival instincts led by trauma. Intuition is something very different. Intuition is like a moment of quiet that appears and reveals itself to you beyond the always already knowing of yourself. In fact, it is likely at the beginning to feel very strange and out of character to you, but it will just be clear 
And you can sit with it for a while because it will be quiet and spacious and still. And you may wonder, gosh, this doesn't feel like me, me. It's so out of character, but it feels so clear. It's almost like the sun bursting through the clouds for a moment and you can see clearly. But I want to read to you what's actually happening in the brain in that moment of insight. So this is following on from new approaches to demystifying insight. Edward M. Bowden, Mark Jung Beeman, and Jessica Fleck. Uh, This is from a body of research and a book called Trends in Cognitive Sciences. This is what they observed is happening in the brain when we have these moments of seeing that are so beyond what makes any logical sense. It's not logical. We observed two objective neural correlates of insight. FMRI results revealed an increased signal in the right interior superior temporal gyrus. Increased signals are happening in the right side of the brain. Additionally, scalp EEG recordings revealed a sudden burst of high-frequency neural activity in the same region just before insight happens. A burst of high-frequency neural activity in the right side, the right hemisphere of the brain, just before insight pops, we see. A second EEG finding was that about 1.5 seconds before insight appears, there was a sudden decrease in activity in the left hemisphere. Before we have a moment of seeing beyond story, beyond mechanism, beyond survival, activity in the left side of the brain decreases and therefore the right side of the brain becomes higher in activity, which means identity and logical thinking and practical barriers and all the knowing and the the ways that we have to know how things work that all gets quieter, decreases, and the right side becomes more open and active and boof, pop, aha moment. Oh, wow. Maybe I should go into that side of the country or, no, I think I should stay in this relationship. There's something I'm learning here. Oh, I think I should do that training. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense to my life and my how I know myself, but I just think I need to do that training. I've literally had one of the most common things people say to me is when they come into Alchemy of Being or they come into any of our programs, I'm here, but I don't really know why. It doesn't match up with how I know myself. Now, if we are able to follow those moments of pop, which takes a lot of courage, it's it's almost like jumping off a cliff because you're stepping into the unknown, beyond the known, towards what may actually feel your survival mechanisms is telling you, no, 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 don't do that. You're going to die. You're going to run out of money. You're going to be hungry on the street and starve. You are actually moving towards something that is directly threatening your survival brain. And yet it's so clear. Now it takes a lot of courage to do that, but that's being led by intuition. That's the distinction between intuition and mechanical repeating patterns. Intuition should be guiding you 
towards birthing and creating a life beyond what you know, beyond survival, beyond the usual familiar comfort blanket of our survival patterns. And so following intuition doesn't feel comfortable. In fact, it will directly trigger all your fears, everything that's still there for you around your trauma and your survival, and the courage to follow it anyway. Now, of course, the power of maturation is that we become more and more conscious of the mechanical mind, the mechanical body-mind. All these episodes are with the invitation of, of allowing you to become more conscious of what lives us. And when we become more conscious of what lives us, then we get to actually have choice. So it's not unconsciously mechanically living us. We get to see it more clearly, which gives us choice, which means the opening of intuition becomes more great. It becomes vaster, bigger. The possibility of following the intuitive guidance that goes against, don't get out of your job, you're going to die. Get out of that relationship immediately or you're going to be abandoned. Or don't get out of this relationship because no one will ever love you. Or don't spend that money because you'll never make money again and then you're going to be dying on the street and be hungry. Like This is literally what I hear people say all the time, the reasons why they don't follow that gut calling, that quiet whisper. This is why we don't follow the whisper, because we're actually more attached to survival than we are to creating beyond it. So an inquiry for you is, and it takes radical honesty, humility, and immense compassion, not just for yourself, but for us as human beings, this is what's been living us. No wonder we keep repeating the same old stuff and our lives appear so limiting because we're being led by the past and it takes immense courage and consciousness to stop walking out of the cage. I had a, a participant once said to me, she was in the middle of her listening to life and she said she had such a massive stroke of insight and she said, wow, Nikki, I realize I've been in a cage my whole life, but the door's been open the whole time, but I didn't know it was open and I've been consciously choosing to not walk out of it. In fact, I've been choosing to stay in the cage. That was a powerful moment. Well, she's now completely changing her life and it goes way against the story. So intuition doesn't always feel comfortable. In fact, it may scare the shit out of you. But that moment of insight, that opening of the right side of the brain allows you to see way, way, way beyond the parameters of your logical, practical left brain identity. So go away and use your journals how often have you made your decisions based on what feels familiar and known because you're afraid to jump and follow the whisper? And how often has that happened in a really similar way in your life? Because it's going to start helping you see, at the very least see what hasn't been intuition that's been keeping you inside a cage. 
and then maybe you'll get closer to following the whispers, even if it doesn't make sense to the logical mind, but you can find the courage to do it anyway. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm so grateful to have you all here. If you find these episodes useful, please do share them with as many people as you can. If you are human, this relates to you. And if you want to support the podcast, please go to Apple and give us a five-star rating and give us a review, a written review, because it helps the podcast spread far and wide to as many people as we can help as possible. So thank you all so much for listening. This is the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast. And I'm Nikki Clinch, and I'm your host. Thank you so much for listening to the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast with Nikki Clinch. That's me, your host. If you are interested in understanding in a much more deeper way why we are the way we are as human beings, why your life unfolds the way it does, and how to access this extraordinary power and potential that is already there within you, within all of us actually, that you are curious and interested in how to access it, how to embody it, and how to start living it. And whilst discovering all these things about us as human beings and our infinite potential of being human, hopefully answering some unanswered questions as to what is happening in our world today. If this is what is calling you, then please do download our free three-day masterclass, Breaking the Cycle of Repeating Patterns in Your Life, Relationships, and Business. Or you can head to our website, www.nikkiclinch.com and enjoy yourself with all the information, checking out the courses and the workshops and our offerings on there. Thank you so much for listening. 